0: My brothers and sisters, I just want to begin by asking a very simple but very profound question. Do you believe that your heart can change? Do you believe that your heart can change? I bring this up because sometimes in my ministry, and I don't hear this explicitly, but sometimes I hear this implicitly, what I'm hearing from people. And sometimes I hear people saying, without saying it, that I don't believe my heart can change. And this is important because if we don't believe our heart can change, then we're led to despair. But if we truly believe that our heart can truly change, then there's hope. And sometimes this idea kind of creeps into our mind because sometimes maybe we say it, and I've maybe said it myself too, that I can't overcome my lust. I can't overcome my impatience. I can't overcome this deep feeling of anger I have in my heart, this unforgiveness, this pain. And what can begin to happen is that this idea leads to a very dangerous conclusion that, you know what, sometimes I think my sin is greater and more powerful than God's grace. And of course, We want to say that today that is not true. We believe in the good news of the gospel, that God's grace is more powerful than my sin. But do we believe that? See, one of the obstacles to this good news is the belief that I have to change before God loves me. That God only loves me when I'm like this or like that. And it kind of ties in with this idea of, you know, all the religions of the world are about us seeking God, doing the best that we can, and therefore that's how we meet God, that's how we see Him. And sometimes we put Christianity in that same framework as well. But in fact, Christianity is actually the opposite. All the other world religions are, are about humanity seeking God, but Christianity is about God. Seeking us. That is a profound shift in the way we see the world, in the way we live our lives. You see, then, morality, then, is not about becoming good so that God can love us. Now, it's about receiving and accepting the love that is already offered, and therefore, responding with a life of virtue and of goodness, And this might be something that's hard to believe because I believed the opposite for many years. And so the proof, we have many proofs from the saints and from the scriptures. St. John of the Cross says that as much as the beloved is seeking God, so much more is God seeking the beloved. What that means is that as much as you're looking for God, God is looking for you even more. In fact, He is already there. He is already here. In the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, verse 10, he says, In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the expiation for our sins. So God is always taking the initiative to love us first. He is the one coming to seek us. And of course, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that now we can do whatever we want because God loves us and we can live a life of evil. Of course not. But what I am saying is that the good life that we live is a response to love rather than an attempt at earning love. And if you don't believe me, we can look closer at the gospel. Today we hear about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is it's very ironic in some ways. Zacchaeus actually means the innocent one. That's the meaning of his name, but he's in some ways far from that. He's a public sinner, as many people would say, because he's a tax collector. And I'd say he's a a public sinner in three ways. The first is that he's a traitor to his nation. What he's doing is he's collecting taxes on behalf of the Roman government who is occupying Jerusalem. And so he's betraying his people by working for the government. It's like if you were in France in World War II and then you were working for the Nazis, And so the second way he was a public sinner was that not only was he working for the enemy, he was stealing from his own people. Because the way that tax collectors would work is that they would have to charge however much the government wanted them to charge, but then they would charge an extra premium for their own selves. And so sometimes they would charge exorbitant amounts. and In effect, they were stealing from their own people. And thirdly, he was a chief tax collector, which means that he was in charge of all these guys. So many people didn't like him, and many people saw him, and indeed he was a public sinner in that way. But this man, who's full of riches, eventually comes to realization that this is not the way he wants to live his life. And he becomes curious about Jesus. He hears about this Jesus character, so much so that he climbs this tree. In a way, it's already a sign of God's grace working in his heart, drawing him closer to him. And when Jesus passes by, he says, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house. And this is something very important to keep in mind. That before Zacchaeus has repented fully, before Zacchaeus has given away half his possessions and paid back the people he has stolen, Jesus is already coming to his house. Jesus is already taking the initiative. And this is the the dynamic of grace in our life. God is seeking us, and then we respond to that love. And so that's why it's the case, He hurries down the tree and He's happy to welcome Jesus. And so we are invited as well when we encounter God's love to welcome it into our hearts. But whenever we welcome Jesus, we welcome the light of the world. And what He does is He illumines the truth of who we are in our goodness, but also in our weakness and in our sinfulness. And so when Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus, he's confronted with his own sin. He hears the people saying, look, he's going to the house of one who is a sinner. And he's confronted with what he's done. But out of love, in response to the love that Jesus has already shown, what does he do? He gives half of his possessions And then from what's left over, he pays back people four times the amount he has stolen from them. You know, think about that. Like, think about the money you have in your account and then cut it in half. And then from that half, you pay back four times the amount of what you stole from other people. That's a significant amount of money. And it's a sign of the radical change he's had in his life. But he's able to do that because it was initiated by Jesus seeking him out. And that's why Jesus say, "Today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus has experienced the love, and now he's responded with changing his life. And that's how we receive salvation as well. And so God's love makes it possible for us to change, to overcome our sin. But sometimes it's hard to believe that. Sometimes I I think sometimes we feel that it's hard to believe because we fall into the same sin over and over and over again. And we feel like there's no point in trying. We feel like we just want to give up. But that is a lie from the enemy. Sometimes we think that, no, I've gone to confession. I've fasted. I've prayed. I've tried every program. I've tried this and I've tried that. And what you notice is that The emphasis is on me, on what I am doing, what I have done. And of course, in the spiritual life, we do have to try. But the first emphasis is this it's God's love. It's only God's love that will make us capable of doing what is impossible. It's allowing His love to fill our hearts. And therefore, it allows our hearts to be transformed. You see, the idea that we have to be good before God can love us is that the, the, the challenge with this idea is that we're just alone. We're just striving to, for this impossible goal. And when we inevitably fail, because we're human, we drop into despair. But the beautiful idea with the, the framework and the reality that God loves us first and therefore we respond to that love with a good life is that we're not alone. That even when I fail, I know that he still loves me and he'll be there to catch me, even to lift me up. I know that he's going to give me this grace to give me a new heart and a new spirit to do what is impossible and beyond my capacity. See, if you are struggling with sin, any sin, for years, for decades, I invite you to allow God to love you first. Allow him to love you in your brokenness, in your sinfulness. He loves you right where you are. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you there. And he wants to transform you, to lift you up. And that is the power of his mercy and his grace. There's this beautiful story about St. Therese. And I say this in confession all the time because we need to be reminded of this, that her sisters were around her deathbed and they said, St. Therese, you only have confidence in God because you've never committed a mortal sin. And it's probably true, St. Therese probably never committed a mortal sin in her life. But then St. Therese said this very beautiful thing. She said, you know what, even if I'd committed all of the worst sins, my sins would be like a drop of water thrown into a flaming furnace. My brothers and sisters, that flaming furnace is the power of God's love. And sometimes we make too much of our sins and too little of God's love when truly God's love is greater than our sin. And I've seen this. I've seen people who've been locked in addiction to impurity for years who have overcome it and are now sober for a year and counting. I've seen people who are broken from their wounds in the past and who have become the most joyful, happiest people in the world. I've seen people who are trapped in a blinding rage to forgive those who have hurt them and now they're able to find peace again. I've seen grace work in my own life because grace is real and freedom is possible if we allow God to love us first. My brothers and sisters, St. Paul says that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God has the power to transform? He can, and he has. And so will you let him love you so as to transform you? Because his love is the key that will free us from the shackle of our sins. And this is what we hear in the first reading. You correct little by little those who trespass so that they may be freed from their wickedness and put their trust in you, O Lord.